So I'm so glad to be in worship with you today. If if you were not here last week, as you can see by my outfit, we are in week two of our Grinch worship series, The Heart That Grew Three Sizes. Last week, we took a look at the Grinch and how we understood him. Our Tuesday evening small group is still going on. If you would like, you can still jump into that. We have some very interesting discussions, some theological, some not so theological. Um, and so if, if you're, you are welcome to join us, it is a good time to get more in depth in our study. So last week in worship, we talked about our expectations surrounding Christmas and how sometimes the very thing that we need to do is to let go of some of those expectations. So I have a question that kind of dovetails into that idea, the idea of expectations. Is there something that you do at the holiday time that helps define Christmas for you? Is there something that you do that brings the holiday to reality where you think, oh, okay, we've done this thing and so now it feels like Christmas. Maybe it's driving around and looking at Christmas lights. Maybe it's baking Christmas cookies, which isn't really, baking's not really a Christmas thing, but we attach it to Christmas. Maybe it's gathering and reading the Christmas story. I did that with Dominic when he was little. I would read the Christmas story from Luke to him, and then his dad would read the night before Christmas book to him. Maybe it's the Christmas Eve, at ser Christmas Eve service at church. There are things that make us feel like it is finally Christmas. Last week, we talked about my struggle with how I could go on without the things of Christmas. How could I go on without the silent night sung together by candlelight, the worship service in our sanctuary? However, in the midst of the pandemic, I was forced to realize that the heart of Christmas isn't those things. Christmas came. Jesus was born in spite of the fact that I didn't have my things. You see, that's what the Grinch was trying to do. He was trying to steal the heart of Christmas away. He had decided after 50-some years of listening to the Who's Celebrate Christmas that he couldn't take it for one more day. See, and this year was particularly bad because if you read the story, you remember that the mayor of Whoville had decided that this year they were really going to pump up Christmas. This was going to be the best Christmas ever. Did you ever do that in your expectations? You have that special gift that's going to make it amazing. You have that special tradition that you're really going to celebrate, those things that you're really going to do. And so the Grinch said he couldn't take it. He couldn't take this pumped up Christmas, definitely. And so he would steal all the stockings and the presents. The book says all the pop guns and bicycles, roller skates and drums, checkerboards and tricycles, popcorn and plums. I thought they had a different idea of Christmas. If I tried to give Dominic plums at Christmas, he would probably wish somebody stole it. After the Grinch took all the presents, he didn't just stop there. He wanted to, to t strip away every ounce of tradition they had. So he snuck into their kitchens and he emptied their refrigerators, the whole feast, even the roast beast. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, he stole all their decorations, even the Christmas tree. He packed it all up on his sled and took it to the very tip top of Mount Crumpet, and his evil plan was to take it to the top 
and just to dump it. All their holiday gone. As you read the story, you see the Grinch's disbelief and disappointment when he hears the town begin to stir and wake, and he waits to hear their wailing over their stolen holiday, because surely they would cry. Now, that's what it looked like from the top of Mount Crumpet, but imagine what it looked like in Whoville. We don't see the Who's initial reaction to their stolen holiday. We don't see the faces of the children as they run into their living rooms expecting to find their Christmas bounty under the tree, and they find nothing. They don't even find a tree. Literally nothing. There's nothing left. No treats, no tree, no presents, no plums, no nothing. It's gone. What would you do if every single thing that identified December 25th as Christmas was stolen right out from under your nose. Not just in your house, but in your neighbor's house, in the streets. There are no decorations. There's literally nothing. Would you stand in disbelief and shock and wonder, is this some sort of terrible joke? Am I being punked? You remember that show? Is this Alan Funt? Remember that one? Would you stand frozen to your spot waiting for someone to give some sort of explanation? Now, in the book, the Who's down in Whoville began singing, and that's how the Grinch knew they were awake, and that's how he knew they, that they had discovered their Christmas had been stolen. But then he realized, much to his dismay, that they weren't crying. They weren't wailing. They were singing. The Grinch is surprised by their reactions, and frankly, so am I. Because if someone stole my Christmas every last inch of it, I doubt my reaction would be to sing. I think I would cry. See, we as human beings, and I'm considering the who's down in Whoville as human beings, we don't love the unexpected, especially when we've worked very hard to craft a moment, a celebration, a holiday. We don't like surprises. We want things to be predictable, to go according to plan, especially our plan, like Christmas. That's why we have the expectations that we have, because we know how we want it to be. And this year, the Who's wanted to pump it up for Christmas. We expect Christmas to look like Christmas. The Who's expected to be met with Christmas that morning, but they were not. In retrospect, as we think about Christmas, why would we ever think our expectations for Christmas should be met? Christmas isn't about us. Ouch. Christmas has never been about meeting our expectations. Think about the story. Mary expected to be married to Joseph and begin her family and then Unexpectedly, the angel of the Lord came and declared Mary to be blessed, said she would have a baby and she would name him Jesus, and he would be the Prince of Peace. Okay, she had to ponder that for a moment. And just when she was probably coming around to the idea, they said, oh, no, 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 you're not going to give birth at home like you expected. No, no, you're going to have to travel five days pregnant on a donkey to Bethlehem for the census. That'll be fun. Hmm. 
I pulled into the hospital and wanted someone to meet me with some sort of cocktail of something that was going to make that all feel better. I can't imagine if someone said, hey, could you climb on this donkey and travel for five days? I would say, no, I cannot. So Mary, ever faithful, set off, pregnant as could be, on a five-day journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem where she would welcome the king of the world in the most humble of settings. Talk about unmet expectations. And speaking of expectations, again, the people of Israel had been expecting a king. The prophets had spoken of it. God himself had sent messages talking about justice rolling down like water. And so imagine the expectations that they held for this coming Messiah. Finally, they would have a voice. Finally, someone would stand up for them and fight the oppression that they lived under. Finally, imagine their expectations when they heard the words of the prophet as he said, Arise, shine, your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. The Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appeal over you. Nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. They will gather together. They will come. And you shall see and be radiant and your heart shall thrill and rejoice, shouting praises to the Lord. Can you imagine the un unbelievable expectations they held for what this Messiah's birth would look like? And then they come to kneel before the king baby in a manger wrapped in simple cloths. Christmas has been unexpected from the moment it was conceived. Last year I realized the depth of the Christmas story when everything else was stripped away. Just like the Who's down in Whoville who faced a new kind of Christmas without many of the, the things that felt Christmassy, I was reminded of what I really already knew. Christmas isn't about me and my expectation and my plans, but Christmas is fundamentally about who God is as revealed through Jesus. As the Who's processed their stolen Christmas, I think they were reminded of the same thing. And maybe in the midst of their confusion and grief, maybe, just maybe, there was a sense of relief. A sense of relief in the fact that they could loosen their grip on all their ideas of what made Christmas Christmas. A sense of relief that they could relax into remembering God's awe-inspiring, amazing Christmas story rather than feeling like they had to craft their own. When the Who's began singing, it confused the Grinch. He could not understand how Christmas had still come, without ribbons, without tags, or boxes, or bags. The story says that the Grinch puzzled for three hours until his puzzler was sore. That sort of reminded me of the ponderings of Mary. After that confusing message from the angel, Mary pondered, the Grinch puzzled, what a wonderful reminder that God can and will reach all sorts of people, from the blessed to the wretched. And when the Grinch finally realized that Christmas wasn't stuff or things, when the Grinch realized that Christmas did not come from a store, but in fact Christmas was so much more, 
strange thing happened to him. His heart grew three sizes. And I thought, oh, sounds like John Wesley. The Grinch was a Methodist. I knew it. <laughs> so often we focus on the things of Christmas and not Christmas within us. The Christmas story is all about unexpected surprises, diverted plans, and change. And in our striving to craft the perfect Christmas experience, we often forget to experience the perfectly imperfect Christmas story of a young, pondering mother and a confused but faithful father who would welcome an infant king. An infant king who would be heralded by angels, welcomed and worshipped by shepherds, envied and threatened by Herod, and who wise men would travel many, many miles to see. And so this Christmas, set your expectations aside and, and come with an open heart, willing to be changed by the Christmas story. This year, let Christmas happen to you rather than us trying to craft Christmas. Who knows? Your heart may just grow a little. When you take away all the wrappings and trappings, aren't we reminded that the true depth of the story of God becoming man, leaving glory to come and walk among us, is Christmas? And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's continue in an attitude of prayer.